Welcome to Happy House Families Podcast with your hosts, Morgan and Sandy. We are here to be an easy resource for families on the go and who aspire to create more joy within their families. Morgan is a special education teacher with a master's in education. Sandy is a consultant who also has her master's in education and has worked with families for over 20 years. Both of your hosts have a vast experience working with neurotypical and neurodiverse children. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to podcast number seven. Today, we're going to talk about what to do when your child has a short fuse. So are you ready to have this discussion with me, Morgan? Because... Oh, yes. I have a lot to say on the matter. I've had a classroom full of kids with, like this. Okay. And I have worked with some children who also have a short fuse and teenagers and some young adults and older adults as well. So this is these techniques I have used, and I know you've used them as well. So we want to share them with you today so that you can have more peace and calm and happiness in your home. Mm-hmm. And more tips at your disposal. Um, so first, I would like to talk about going over what does it mean to be fair. So I say this all the time in my classroom, that equal doesn't equal fair. So there might be a kid who gets extended time to finish their work and ones that don't. That doesn't mean because the other kid doesn't get it that it's not fair. Uh, different people have need different things. And so that's always a good thing to talk to your kid about, that not everything is going to be equal, and that equal does not mean fair. Exactly, because I noticed that um, with some of the children I've worked with, they have a shorter fuse when they feel something is unjust, a situation Mm -hmm. is not in their favor, and they take it as a wrong has been done to them okay. rather than, okay, this person needs something different than I do. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the things that I do talk about with my clients, number one is life isn't fair. That definitely is true. Uh-huh. Um, and that different people have different things. We all have different strengths. We all have different weaknesses. And the goal is that we all get better. So we all need different things to get better. So that's something that I've used. Yes, and something that I like to say is uh, we all have different plans. And that's something I've found over the years with kids at home and at school is that they that's really digestible and easy for them to understand. I go, well, that's in his plan and not in yours. And so kids kind of do understand that. Like, why does that kid get a occupational therapy and I don't and so when you just say that easy straightforward phrase that's in their plan um, kids can really wrap their head around they really can and as soon as you said that um, I just wanted to share a really quick story earlier this year I was working with a little girl who asked me she said why do I work with so many different people and she didn't think it was fair that her brothers and sisters didn't have um, as many services or extra activities or extra appointments and so I said to her I said everyone has a different plan and mm-hmm. I gave her a really concrete example for example your mom and your dad have a different plan she kn- she knows that they both have different jobs and so she was able to understand that and I told her that this is your plan and your brother and your sister have different plans so all our plans are specific to who we are and they're all special so that is also something that I really like to use so thank you so much for bringing that yeah. up yeah Um, So the next thing that we want to get into is that when we are not going to be able to control every single time that our kid, that children kind of lose it, right? And so what can we do when they are feeling anxious, when they're angry, 
we need to calm their nervous system. So we have a lot of different activities um, and strategies that both of us like to use at home and at school, and even some some that we like to use ourselves. Currently, Sandy and I both have stress balls in our hand, and so we like to play with that even when we're starting to feel a little anxious. So this doesn't necessarily mean just for kids, because it's good for adults as well. Exactly, so I love the stress balls, that's for sure, and um, Another thing that I like are also those weighted blankets. Oh, yeah. Those are awesome. And no, this is like a must, is just the breathing. Because as soon as your nervous system gets hijacked, then you start breathing faster, and then it just then you're just hijacked. Mm-hmm. So um, a quick, simple thing to remember is just to breathe only through your nose, because that will keep you regulated. So try that next time you're in traffic. If you can have your child breathe through his or her, her nose mm-hmm. as much as possible, that will definitely help. It will prevent them from going from fight, flight, or freeze mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is really important. Or you could even draw a picture of a triangle, and I call it triangle breathing. So you can, as your child is, um, you know, for example, with their finger drawing a line going down, they know to breathe in. And then when they're doing a cross to hold, and then when their finger's going back up to finish the triangle, that's when they exhale. So I call that triangle breathing, so that helps. And there are a ton of apps right now Mm -hmm. that can help you with breathing. For example, I have on my phone an app called Better Me. And I recently have, I'm working with a little boy who does need some help with self-regulation. And we went on the app and he was able to click on worry so because he was feeling worried so that Mm -hmm. was his hijack and it actually will teach you how to breathe to calm down the worry and there's this circle that kind of pulsates it'll you know it'll get bigger for you to inhale and it gets smaller for you to exhale so it's a nice visual so there are a ton of apps right now that you can use for just breathing just to calm and relax yeah and just to piggyback off that uh something that i like to do is i call it the breathing it's Uh, you say smell the flowers and then blow out the candles and so that's also kind of a fun visual for kids to have when they are breathing in and out so hey smell the flowers blow out the candles and so kids will say that out loud or say it in their head and that's just another great breathing technique for kids to use oh i like that one that is cool and also another thing that i really like is brain gym i know we've talked about this before Mm -hmm. but just go on youtube and type in brain gym for kids and just have them do some exercises, it really helps calm them down. This past weekend I was working with a teenager who became very upset with an assignment that we were working on and we actually stood up from the table, went on his iPhone, he typed in Brain Gym, and we did five minutes and then he was able to regroup and then sit back down and complete his assignment. So Brain Gym is awesome. If you haven't tried it, please do so. Yes, and there's a bunch of little exercises that are easy to do. Uh, There's one that I really like called wall push-ups. So you don't really need this. You don't even need any equipment. You go to a wall, and you just do push-ups against the wall, and that's one way when a kid is feeling anxious. They can just kind of get that release out physically, even just running a lap, things like that. So you can just do physical release for anxiety. I mean, I know personally I like to go on runs, so that, that helps me clear my head and release my anxiety. So we can do things like that for our children as well. Exactly. Or if they can't leave a classroom, for example, mm-hmm. yeah. like on their chair, they could do something called push, pull, dangle. So you push down in your chair. 
for a count of 10 and then you pull up on your chair for a count of 10 and then you just relax your arms like they're noodles and that's the dangle part. Um, so it's push, pull, dangle and so that's something that they could do in the classroom and it won't cause a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. And it's quiet too so as a teacher that's also helpful. Exactly, especially for children who don't want to be singled out or mm -hmm. to look different or for them to be able to manage how they're feeling in the moment on their own. That's something that's helpful. And something that I would do, I don't know if there's any teachers out there listening, um, but sometimes you notice that just one or two of your students run a little bit more anxious. Instead of just singling those kids out and teaching them the exercises, I would recommend teaching it to the entire class so that they, once like Sandy, uh, again like Sandy said, don't feel singled out. And sometimes kids, they have these moments of frustration and so it's not just for those few it could be for everybody exactly and then Morgan do you want to talk about the therobands that mm -hmm. they could use in the classroom okay yeah so uh, even they can be in the classroom or at their chair desk chairs at home it's these kind of thick rubber bands they're called therobands you can buy them on Amazon and you just tie it around the front two legs of the chair and it's something that when a kid either even if your uh, kid has ADHD and is kind of or a more fidgety child it's good for them to kind of kick and they kind of release that um and it helps them focus too so I'm sure we all have know those kids that will like to get out of their seats and come back and move around all the time while they're trying to finish homework this is kind of something that helps them stay where they need to stay yes yeah and I'm smiling right now because that is me because uh -huh. I do not like to go to conferences all day long. I cannot sit at a table in a conference where there's no windows. I go bananas. Uh -huh. So I am the person that will get up and go to the back of the room. And I recently was at a conference this past year and they were really smart. In the back of the room, they had hula hoops. <laughs> they had hula hoops, which was really smart. And they had jump ropes. And I was like, this is really good. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, and they also had some balls, too, just for people to, like, toss it back and forth. So um, those are also great things to have for your children as well. And there's also these, I mean, I know in, in offices now they have standing desks and things like that. Because even as adults, it's not good for us to be sitting all day long. Um, so we even use these strategies. Something else that you can do is uh, buy one of those big rubber balls, uh, exercise balls. And oh, yes, use, those are great. Yeah, and use that as a chair. Yes. So that, because you're kind of working your core when you're sitting there, and you're able to kind of get the wiggles out. I have a big pink one. It's in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sandy needs to get the wiggles out sometimes, too. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Oh, yes, and then also yoga is important and mindfulness. So um, with some of my clients, I actually do teach them some really simple yoga moves just to help them get their bodies regulated or just to even start the session. And again, I will just go onto YouTube and I'll type yoga for children. And there are, it feels like an endless supply. So find the ones that you like. And then what happens is your children will remember the different poses that they like and they can use it when they need. Good, yes. And then something that's really important is to create structure. So you, I do this in the classroom. This also needs to be done at home. So that means like having a bedtime, eating healthy. So when there's consistency and structure, kids thrive. Exactly. And 
and this is actually also good for grown-ups too. Um, I know for me, I need to make sure that I'm sleeping well, I'm eating well, and moving. Mm -hmm. So eat, sleep, and move. So what's good for us as adults is there. Obviously, it's going to be good for your children as well. So make sure that you and your child are eating well, moving well, and sleeping well. Mm -hmm. It's so important. I have to make sure I'm better with my sleep habits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and the last thing that we want to say is that we want to talk to our kids about how feelings the feelings that they're having are okay. It is okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel frustrated. These are completely natural feelings to have. And everybody has them. Yes, yes. And that's important, very important, is that we make sure that kids realize that they're not isolated with these feelings. Like, exactly. We, we want to normalize these feelings so they don't feel like, oh, there's something wrong with me because I have these angry feelings. I've noticed with some of the children I work with, when they are angry, number one, it's very overwhelming. It's mm -hmm. not fun to be angry. It's very unpleasant. And then when they have the self-judgment of, oh my gosh, I must be different that I get so angry, um, they create a story that they're different and it's bad to feel angry. And it's so, how do I say, calming for them in a way to realize that everybody experiences anger mm -hmm. and it's okay to feel angry. Your feelings are all valid. All our feelings are valid. It's just what we do with our feelings. Yes. So it's okay to feel angry, but we can't then go and hit people yeah. we can't then go and destroy property we can't go and you know break mom's like vacuum cleaner that happened recently so <laughs> that's why I'm bringing that up so there's certain things that we need to control with our anger so um, for example with breaking of the vacuum cleaner um, with this particular child we talked about finding a safe space within his house for him to get that out of his body so um, what we came up with just getting a whole pile of pillows for him to hit That's so you can idea. do yeah so just like if you're if you're really feeling like you have to hit something go outside throw a ball or go hit the pillows what is your choice but we cannot break property when we're angry and with that being said we also should come up with uh, things that a kid can say when they are feeling frustrated so you want to talk to them about what they can say I'm feeling frustrated I need this and so that they are dealing with it their anger and frustration in a constructive way so that's something before that uh, being proactive and before anything happens is having this discussion and coming up with strategies for them to release their frustration and anger and agree upon this before something even starts. Exactly. And one of the things I've been working on with some of my clients is asking for help when they're feeling angry mm -hmm. and also normalizing asking for help that there's nothing wrong with you if you need help because we all need help. I am 46 and I still need help. So <laughs> we all need help and it's okay. So just normalizing it for children like, mom, I'm feeling really angry. I need your help right now. Um, and that also makes them feel like they have a partner with them in their anger and there's a connection mm -hmm. still. So feeling like they can come to you and connect with you even though they are angry. Yes, very good. And we also always just want to be good role models. So I like to say when I'm when I'm frustrated, I will say I statements. I'm frustrated because of this, and this is what I need to do to fix it. So we always want to be good role models for our kids. Exactly. And those simple statements for them to anchor off of is important. I feel this because dot, 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 dot is really good for them to also be able to control their anger. Because I've noticed sometimes if you can't name what you're angry about it's harder to control it so it goes with the if you can name it you can tame it mm -hmm. so if they're able to articulate their feelings that also is a huge help and if your child's not able to articulate it you can mirror it back to them I can see that you're really angry right now because you lost the game 
So if they're not able to access the word, you can merit to them. And then there is relief in that, like somebody sees me, somebody knows why I'm angry and there's connection in that as well. And then you're giving them the tools and how to deal with that appropriately. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And we will see you guys back here next time. Thank you so much. And please jump on Facebook or send us an email and let us know how these tips are working for you and if you have some other suggestions for us. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To contact Sandy and Morgan, check out happyhousefamilies.com or email at happyhousefamilies at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out their Facebook page to join the community. If you like the podcast, be sure to rate us. It helps the show be discovered more easily and help more people.